Run it. Run it. Late night or early morning, I can't tell. They praying on my downfall, I wake up fly as hell. Can't shoot me down, 40,000 feet above LA. I put it all into motion to take over, but none the way. Ooh, I know they want a piece of me. If I put it on a record, it's a guarantee from me. What you need from me, I've been on me from the jump. Got a girl with a back, you can see it from the front. All over the map, she ain't seen me in some months. Hey, when I hit the road, love when I do the home runs. If you're never offline, man, you're on one. I let my boys talk, hardly ever do my own stunts. I ain't really with the acting, I'm with the action. I let a lot go, addition by subtraction. If I don't know you, don't remind me. And if you're supposed to, then you'll know where to find me. Low key squatting, chose keep watching. Love it when they do it too, the boy need options. Whole team mobbing. Whole team mobbing. When I come around, got the whole thing wobbing. Wop, wop, wobbing. Wop, wop, wobbing. When I come around, got the whole thing wobbing. Wop, wop, wobbing. Wop, wop, wobbing. Let me know you down and I hit it up. Tell me who you love. Tell me who you love. Hey, everybody. It's your host, D. Mills. Welcome to Champagne Sharks. Today, we are doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a special in-studio guest, quote-unquote, in-studio. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about a few things that might be of interest to a lot of you in our audience. But before we do that, we're going to get into some house cleaning. Go to our Patreon, Champagne Sharks. Subscribe. It's only $5 a month. You can get all of the premium episodes as well as access to all the 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 back episodes the catalog everything in there again it's only five dollars a month we think you like the content that we have to present to you and so please if you haven't already subscribed please go check that out also you have the champagne sharks reddit we don't run it but the guys over there are fans of the show they do a fantastic job they start interesting discussions and uh, some of us uh pop in and our head from time to time and speak and, and interact with the people there. So that's also a good thing. They also have a Twitter account, um, Champagne Sharks Reddit on Twitter. And you can also hit us on the Champagne Sharks Twitter page. And of course, my page is at uh, MDMill79. Don't at me is the handle. You guys all know that. And um, let's see what else. Oh, you can also email us champagne sharks at gmail.com and i think that is one of the ways uh let's see is there any other way no i think that's it all of our stalkers and people that want to harass us you have access to all of those various mediums to do so so if you have any questions comments concerns or you just want to be a smart ass in general (laughs) you can go ahead and uh, hit us up on any one of those mediums all right and with that We're going to have a discussion today about the educational system. Um, A lot of people have been asking me for a long period of time now about some of my personal experiences in the educational system, being involved in community activities and things like that. And I had said that I was going to discuss it at a time that I felt was uh, appropriate. And um, there's so much to go over. There's so many experiences that we've had, both positive and negative. And uh, but... All in all, you know, I would I love the um, the people that I've met as I've gone on this venture. I love some of the children that I've been able to interact with and some of the parents and some of the even some of the administrators were very wonderful people. 
Um, it's real easy to get jaded sometimes when you're involved in these things. And, um, you know, because there's a lot to be upset about that goes on in our educational system. But all in all, you know, if you if you're in the work and your heart is in the right place, you know, you're going to meet people that are like minded and they're going to be just as heartfelt in what they're trying to do as you are. And that's the whole purpose of one of the things that we're going to discuss today with my guest, who is very knowledgeable about all of these things. <laughs> um, I think also one of the things that we emphasize on this show is the importance of regular everyday people, everyday working class people getting involved in their communities, hitting up their local congressmen, hitting up their mayors, their state representatives, all of that stuff. In addition to that, getting involved in their school system. Um, a lot of people don't know that a lot of what goes on today, a lot of politicians got their start in the school system, um, you know, running for various, you know, start. I think our congressman out here in California, Adam Schiff, for example, he started off as president of the PTA. And then I think he went on to be on the school board. And then eventually he worked his way up to the city council or whatnot. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's sitting right there in Congress as a representative. So, you know, a lot of people get their start in education Um and also, you know, we feel like it's important for parents to be very involved in the education of their children, be involved in what goes on in the system. And then that way you can affect change. You know, a lot of what we see that goes on in the school system is a microcosm of everything that goes on in, in greater society and politics and everything else. So, you know, it doesn't we don't want to let the people with the degrees decide everything and, and, and uh, run the whole show without being challenged and, and um, pushed by your everyday average working class parent, you know, and there are parents out there that work hard every day. They have children, they have jobs, and they make it their duty to be involved. And so with that, I'm going to introduce you to our guest. Her name is Malika B. Hello, Malika. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This has been a long time in coming. Yes. I've actually <laughs> gotten so many things about this and been working on I'm, I'm actually quite happy. Absolutely. I'm this. happy that you're here. So what we're going to discuss with you is um, this is going to be a five part series. And uh, we're going to go over how the educational system affects black students and families. But it, you can apply it to a, a multitude of people, not just necessarily black people, but it can apply to a wide array of people as well. But primarily, you know, how it affects black people, people of color, poor people. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, how it affects students and families within the school community and the overall educational system. So part one, what we're going to discuss today is special education. And uh, most of all, most importantly, like the difficulties of effective advocacy. And then part two, we're going to get into the school to prison pipeline, where it begins, who profits, all of that kind of stuff. Part three, we're going to discuss gentrification, how it starts in the schools. A lot of people don't know that it starts in the schools mm -hmm. yes. and in the surrounding areas and then spreads outward. Mm -hmm. um, then we're going to talk about parental rights, parent groups, parent engagement, how you can get involved. Some of the bullshit politics mm -hmm. that goes on. Absolutely. As <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that uh, some of the roadblocks that you face, believe it or not, it's a 
lot. Are not going to come primarily from administrators, mm -hmm. but from other parents mm -hmm. um, that are in league with administrators and, you know, do everything that they can to uh, maintain the status quo. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, you just have parents that are only there, um, you know, to take care of their kid, mm -hmm. you know, to hell with everybody else. This is not a collective effort. Just I'm here to make sure my kid gets with my little Mikey gets what he needs or my little Susie gets what she needs. And, you know, if I got to step on the dead bodies of other children to get there, that's what we're going to do. And so there's also that aspect. And then lastly, part five, we're going to discuss denial of equitable access, school and community resources, how they withhold information, mm -hmm. um, how they obfuscate information, how they make it hard for people to get access um, to very valuable information mm -hmm. that can help you in the educational system as, as your children go through it. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of different topics we're going to go in and out of here. I know a lot of you probably don't have children. So, you know, there's going to be ways for you to get involved as well, even if you don't have kids. Maybe some of you are teachers or some of you are future administrators and things like that. So it's going to be a little something for everybody. But anyway, so um, Malika, can you give us a little bit of your background? Like, how did you get involved in your in your local area? And just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you did this. You know, what's interesting is I've been doing this for so long. I'm, a, I'm a just a parent. Really, I'm I'm a parent. Right. I'm a parent that, you know, is extremely nosy and a parent that decided, you know what? I need to know what is going on and how can I, it obviously if, uh, originated with looking at how to better advocate for my children who are, you know, African-American. They're black and right. they're like, what it, why is it a, such a huge difference? Why is this such a huge discrepancy when getting things that they need, mm -hmm. especially when you have children with special needs right. and which was obviously the jumping off from my passion um, that led on to so many other avenues mm -hmm. and so many parents saying, hey, how do you find out this? What are these? What are some of the guidelines? What are some of the things that we can know? Um, but it all start off with, with advocacy because I'm a huge advocate. And when you become an advocate as a parent, you get labels. Right. You're a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, you're a troublemaker. You're nosy. You're militant. You're aggressive. But it's really not nothing right. like that. It's, it's a long process. And you read emails, you read things about, you know, well, no, you just want to go with the status quo. It's not about going with the status quo. It's about what's right and what's in black and white. Yeah. Not something that you're giving verbal. But again, I have, I really, one thing what I hate is when so many people ask me like, what is it that you do? And one of the things, not saying I hate it, it's just that I do a lot of these things I do is because I, is, is to me is answer unto the Lord. And it's like, these are things that are helping others, especially our, in our community. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, I don't want to photo op. Right. Actually, I really hate that. Like when people are like, honey, come and speak. I hide from the camera. I really do. I hide from the camera. I hide from uh, things like, you know, trying to get my quote in the, in the newspaper. I don't, I really, you probably won't find that. So that's okay. Because in the end, it's for my students. It's for people, not for myself. So right. I don't know. I, I serve on a lot of committees. Mm -hmm. I serve on a lot of district committees. Okay. I'm the head of, um, I work within the NAACP. I work with uh, equity and access. I work with special education. I um, work on the community advisory committee. I'm a school, whether it's school, school site council, other um, African-American parent councils or other black councils, black coalitions. And for those of you who don't know, there are a lot of acronyms. There are a the, lot. So <laughs> you're going to hear system. a lot. So, you know, whether it's AAPC BSUs. or BSU's doc, 
all these different acronyms they all have we'll get into into some of that stuff so just please bear with us um so let's get into special education um because you know as you know there's a lot of talk about um you know special needs children people Mm -hmm. are trying to decide you know how to integrate them into regular classrooms do we integrate them into regular classrooms do we send them to special education programs Mm -hmm. so-called day classes and things like that um how does that affect the community? Like, give us a background on the history of it, how it affects our community, why parents should be involved, why we should be concerned. Just break it all down for us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's so much to break down. I would just have to go through, like, the bullet points. But if you want right. to look at the history, let's look at the history on just how it affects um, just blacks in the general and in the educational system. Mm-hmm. Well, it, even let's go back to segregation laws. You know, these are things that we talk about when segregation happened you know a lot of white folks were not very they were happy when it was segregation but when it was integration Mm -hmm. um looking at the little rock nine um i've heard hearing terrence roberts speak about the things that they had to go through just to integrate into school Mm -hmm. um they did not want us there right so what were some of the things that obviously they had to come to the table do their side meetings and say what can we do to have that loophole with some roadblocks that we what can put are the in the roadblocks right? what are the loopholes like there's got to be yeah. something we got to get these black kids from being in the classroom with my little laura and, and you know tammy or whatever mm-hmm. jessica i don't want them in there with them right so then here comes special education okay um special education is a good thing on where they can classify where uh kids using iq tests they already mm-hmm. Uh, put us down as you know just stupid retarded not even having the brain capacity as somebody who's white right well yeah of course so you're going to have more kids and more black kids Mm -hmm. classified as special education that's where the initial iep um individual education program came from where you have a huge um federal the federal law that states you know um ida Mm-hmm. where you have to uh, provide educational services and this type of thing. So they're saying, okay, well, let's get into that. Let's let's provide, let's put all, all of them. They're just not capable of, of existing in society. We're going to put them in special education. That's where the IQ test happened. Giving an example, which is a very popular example, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, the movie Hairspray. Right. I thought it was very interesting <laughs> to learn this because I was a mother that was in a play for a child that was in that that play hairspray but when i was doing my research about it um that scene because there's an opening scene where you know she goes to the classroom and with the cool black kids and they're all dancing and they're having a good time they always got us dancing (laughs) (laughs) but they don't realize that that was this class for special education students Well, I'm afraid we're just going to have to change your home room. Starting today, you report to class 10D, room 108. Special ed? Yes, Miss Turnblad, special education. But that's for retards. Mm. And the black kids you try to hold back. Here, you will be taught by specialists, trained to deal with hairdo scoff laws in high school society. Mr. Davidson! Yeah, See, I didn't know that. Okay. That was because that again, that I think that that was a loop. When I talk about segregation, I'm talking about those are loopholes mm-hmm. on things and how to remove the black child right. from the school, remove them from being a part of it. So, so you you're can, saying things like standardized testing, IQ tests, etc., were tools that were used to 
help to discriminate, well, not well, discriminate and segregate even mm. within the confines exactly. of a so-called, and I'm using air quotes, integrated school. Mm-hmm. They still found little ways to keep it as segregated as they possibly could. And that could. was the first one. And like I said, Harrisburg is a huge example. I love that that show, but when I found that out, I go, wow, so all those kids in the class dancing there are supposedly special education and stupid retarded and can't, you know, function with the white kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I actually yeah. looked up an article that talked about um, discrimination and standardized testing. And one of the things that the article said, I'll just read a quick snippet of it. It said the original IQ tests were designed by French psychologist Alfred Benoit for benign and limited uses. A, on young children who are not developing normally, in quotes. B, as general tools to make general decisions, not a precise measurement for precise decisions. <clears throat> and C, to signal when a child needed more help in their intellectual development. Unfortunately, in the United States, ding, IQ scores were posited to be fixed and innate and were promptly used to rank and sort individuals by race and ethnic background. Businesses, government agencies, and educational institutions used IQ tests to justify placing certain people into certain jobs and excluding them from others. So there you kind of have it right there. And that extends to the classroom. as Yes. Well. And it's mm-hmm. that's that's what was interesting. Mm-hmm. Even some of the testing they can't do now because it was discriminatory. Right. So then that's great because then you're moving on to how they now that you have the history. Now you can see how they moved on to what, what you're experiencing now. Right. And then now it would be a different way that they do it because they can't do I, IQ tests. They can't do certain initial tests with IEP to um, discriminate that actually heavily discriminates against uh, people of color. So mm-hmm. there ergo you you start labeling them with the you have you have to do the labels. Right. Um, I'm not saying that there are children who don't have disability because obviously as a parent with children do, who do have special needs you do know that there are certain things that there are delayed developments whether they're autistic on the spectrum mild to moderate moderate to severe or or adhd or what what not attention what? Ne- attention deficit yeah i'm sorry disorder. attention, yeah. De- attention <laughs> come on now you gotta give disorder. us the <laughs> for yeah, the slow just, people it's like it's just something that you, when you're constantly using these same acronyms you kind of forget right but it's Yes, there are things on ASD, which is autistic spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. These things are are as a wider range, and mm-hmm. sometimes they call them high function. Things have changed so much, but again, there are adequate, valid disabilities that yes, this is what happens. These are things that you need. These are the services you need. Mm-hmm. So going into before going into that, because just keep that in mind. Just put a bookmark on that. Going to how can we label your child and these are labels so mm-hmm. just make sure your child doesn't fall into that because sometimes child children will have actual manifestation of the disability mm-hmm. which is autism which is um hyperactivity disorder dyslexia dyslexia or, or it could one. be yeah. um impulsive con- impulsivity there's a lot of things that could happen mm-hmm. but what they try to do is say they're social emotionally disturbed mm. So it's different from uh, having a classification of, say, having a learning disorder, right? Because like specific learning disability, specific learning disability. So, yeah. Specific learning disabilities can be an auditory processing, language ability, a, a inability towards intention, mm-hmm. those types of things that those are type of things that could affect a child's behavior. Not right. necessarily that they're acting out. It's because they can't. It's, it's about the frustration of not getting the um not getting the overall uh, 
curriculum, not being able to access the curriculum effectively. Mm -hmm. So that's where we talk about um, um, functional performance, educational functional performance. Right. So for example, or academically functional performance. Right. So if a child has, say, dyslexia, then obviously it's going to be an issue, especially if they haven't been diagnosed, because that's a big issue as well. Right. Misdiagnosis. Especially when they're young. Right. So when they're young and they don't understand and they're and especially you're talking about kinder, first, second, third, um, usually that's the time when you want to catch it. You actually want to catch it before kinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I was good. I was blessed to actually catch mine uh, in pre-K at four years old or in, in three. If you can get it even younger, it's really good. But it's hard. It's hard to to spot those types of things and get your child tested. So some of the things where you're looking at what is the causes what are the problems that is that those can be those are actually legitimate causes and problems but the the thing that is scary and what i've actually experienced personally is when they decide that that brings the fact that your child has a disability brings the value down in the school Mm. and what i mean by value i mean testing scores, um, those types of things where if they're at a certain API or they're at a certain testing level, um, each each school gets ranked a certain percentage. Like when the no child left behind, that was like a huge thing. There was like, I want to be at an 800. We want a school with a 900. Well, the first thing you hear is those darn education, special educational students bring our test scores down. And then their ranking becomes different. Um, and that makes a difference. That's something I'm, I tell parents and I, I say that makes a difference in funding. That makes a difference in what type of benefits and, and school allocations and LCDFF or um, federal funding and state funding that you get. It all comes down to money. Let's just put it like that. Right. So is, is it a difference between when um, they have the when they diagnose a child is, you know, needing special education? Are you talking specifically about when they try to integrate them into um, "quote unquote" regular classes or mainstream yeah. mainstream classes? Is that where so it starts? It's to called, well, because by law they have to. It's called uh, least restricted environment (LRE), mm-hmm. and, and anybody who has a child in special education will see that. Um, the first thing that they're obligated to do is put your child in a least restrictive environment. A least restrictive environment is general, a general um, educational system, um, uh, environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, their goal, the goal is, is to remove that child from, it, I, you know, I believe, and, I, and this is just what I'm going to say because of what I've seen especially when they're at black and black students and ones who have behavioral issues instead of actually diagnosing and trying to help and get to the source of the problem mm-hmm. uh what they might need or allocating those resources to help them in the services um the district likes to just ship them away to a lot of the um restrictive environments and that's the day classes that's the ones where they have it's really less oversight and mm-hmm. you don't have as many certificated teachers. You may have one certificated teacher per all these aides that have no training. So these are constant things you're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot, it's, I can tell you this, your child is not going to benefit from, from that most of the time. Wow. But again, for black, especially black boys, mm-hmm. this is something you're going to see a lot. Um, Oh, well, socially, emotionally disturbed, you know, they start building a case. And once you start hearing narrative and buzzwords mm-hmm. about, you know, behavior, safety of the child, man, you know, um, like, well, we, we, he's acting out mm-hmm. and he's defiant and opposite defiant. So there are certain words that they use to try to say that that your child is 
unteachable, uncoachable, unlearnable because of X, Y, and Z behavior, impeding your um, for behavior issues. Okay. Now, yes, you can, you do have a right um, to get services if that behavior is impeding educational learning and academic learning or his functional performance. But you're supposed to provide those services to help that child, not to remove that child mm. um, from the classroom. Right. That's the issue. That's where we say, how does it affect our, our black students or our black population? Because you see too many times those children are put in with that label, socially, emotionally disturbed. Let's put them in this type of school. Let's take them to a focus point school. Let's take them to something that is not going to affect our overall money, mm. not going to affect our overall testing, not affect our overall environment right. that our children don't have to be exposed to, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. And then at the same time, they get a, a ton of money from the government for special education. Oh, absolutely. And they don't use it for special education half the time. You know what? I would love to say they, they do. I, I really want to honestly say that maybe a percentage, and I mean a minute percentage, goes to towards that. But when they can use, when so much money, big money is in, in special education, why not? Why would they not allocate it towards stuff like dual immersion programs or other programs to, to benefit other schools or other public schools. Public schools are under fire right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they need to do anything they can to, to convince a parent, the white parent, the fluent parent to how to enroll your child at our school, right. how to keep your child here. So that's where the programs come from. And then obviously you got to remove those those stain on their their black sheets, <laughs> their black sheets. But it, it, Literally it, and figuratively. <laughs> Like remove all black sheet from there, but it's a catch twenty two because of the nineteen sixty seven act. I believe that I'm quoting it correctly, but they have to have a certain number of children of color to get that funding as well. Oh, so they're God. scared of black flight, mm -hmm. but they don't want the the the, the unacceptable Negroes, or right, <laughs> you right, know, right. they want the acceptable Negroes in in their school. They don't want the special education or the kids are problem. They want the they want the you know Obamas. They want you know the people the mm -hmm. selling the, the best and the brightest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like think of if the you think of the tent. highest. You know, Condoleezza Rice. Mm -hmm. You think about some of the highest um, achieving people in office that can be a good example. They want the biggest and brightest or the acceptable Negro. I say it's acceptable, acceptable Negroes because right. that's what they want. If we're not, then you they don't need you there. <laughs> right. They want to be able to capitalize on your minority. You capitalize, not even say minority, capitalize on your ethnic and ethnicity without the benefit, without actually helping you. Right. And using you. And so they want to they want to get the money that they get that the state gives them or mm. the federal government gives them for having a certain amount of um, black students or what they would call what is it under underserved underserved but, communities in, in their in their schools. But then they also don't want to be bothered with having them there because that because it costs money to 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 provide services. Right. Services is like the biggest thing that because they actually have to pay a pathologist. They have to pay a speech. If your child has delay in speech, mm -hmm. well, obviously, you're going to have to put them in 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 speech pathology. You're going to have that's to, something that's fairly uh, common with children to have uh, on the autism spectrum. Yes, because mm -hmm. you some children become self mute. Some children become and in my advocacy 
dealing when I'm looking at trying to help parents navigate the, the system, not only the system for their child, but actually how to help their child at home and some of the things that they can do to help um, skills and sets that they can help with progressing their child, as well as looking, making sure at school that they're getting those same type of services. It, it's not it's not something you, you can do overnight. Mm -hmm. the, again, it's a lot of money yeah. because your child, the the dish, the for a, a child who's a general ed, gen ed child versus a child who's sped child, they're gonna get t like either way five to ten thousand dollars more per that child. Mm -hmm. um, again, they still have to spend on sped or OT, which is occupational either occupational therapy. Um, you can have behavioral therapy services, interpersonal communication and integration services, right. um, assistant technology services, one-on-one um, -on -one aids that can actually help with facilitating those goals. You have goals. There's so much levels to your child's mm -hmm. IEP um, in making sure that they have the appropriate ones that okay. can actually help them. Right. Gotcha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit because um, you mentioned IEP and everything that goes into that. But let's let's take a step back and talk about um, the steps leading up to getting an IEP and mm. what they try to or you know what are some of the things that uh, parents can do to protect their children who may or may not they they're not sure if the kid has special needs they don't know what's going on with their child you just keep having these repeated patterns of behavior. And then uh, your child's getting in trouble at school or whatever. You're on your, you're at your wits end. Uh, what would you recommend for the parent to do um, first things first? Wow, I I can give you my experience and mm -hmm. what I've told other um, parents. The, the key is is early intervention. Mm -hmm. Is is um, getting that initial um, assessment and evaluation. The only problem with that is is you before you do that i highly suggest i highly suggest um that you uh first and foremost get knowledgeable knowledgeable one on, on possible things that your your child could be going through there's a high range of like adhd uh, hyperactivity dis, um, disorder um is something that is very it's apparent and rapid everywhere mm -hmm. that's what they say there's specific disability there's specific learning disability disorder mm -hmm. you don't know that but it's good to read up on certain just educate yourself mm -hmm. and as a black parent i could tell you this they do not expect you as a black parent to come in there and know your rights. I, I can honestly tell you. <laughs> well, that, that go, that's far for the course with a lot of you oh, know, things in the system of white supremacy. They do that. They yeah. don't. It's so hilarious how they get the look on their face when you when you ha know what they're doing. And right. you know half the stuff that they do in your IE, in your individual education programs, your IEP, <laughs> are illegal. Right. They absolutely pull things and they do things that are illegal. Mm -hmm. They they don't want an IEP is something that actually gives you the most protection if you can get on your child under an IEP. The 504 plans are are least protected but they are minimized protected and when if you try to go to due process with them, they're most likely going to either be dismissed or are it's going to be a difficult challenge because there's not as much protection under a 504. Mm. You might as well have a SSC or something where it's a basic like what a, is that? See now you, you go so with the sorry. acronyms. There you go. I'm sorry. It's I'm not used. To, I'm just like uh, 
You're used to talking into an echo chamber with people who know all of that yes, jargon. Yes, I, I yeah. really do because you have to. Well, mind you, I didn't when I first started. I knew nothing, and they they count on that. I cried like a baby. Mm. I was like, my child has what, and this is what, and I was like, okay. Because I'm the person who I am, I'm like, okay, this isn't gonna let's let's find out. Because I think I, I really look back on my initial IEPs and my initial things and, and look at some of the notes and I go, wow, I shake my hand. I say, wow, that was awful. They sure got over on me. They they just told my me what my kid was, where they were gonna put them, what they were gonna do. And now that I look back, I'm like, oh no, that wouldn't have gone down. But right. again, it, it's a process. My thing is to help parents that are not to go through that same thing. And it is it's a very stressful especially if you want to do it without an attorney and i have been yeah. able to do this without an attorney because of the i probably know more or just as much as an attorney oh trust me <laughs> you know um malika and i work very closely together in the community <laughs> and in the school district and i have seen this woman literally run circles around you know so-called learned people um, when it comes to special education when it comes to the law about special education placements, IEPs, um, 504 plans, all of that stuff. We were, we've been in the office speaking with attorneys, with district representatives, with administrators of all types, psychologists, superintendent, everything. And her breadth of knowledge is it's, she's an auto, auto didact. She's, she studied herself, um, read up on this stuff. Basically she invested in her children's yes. future and it, it required, a personal sacrifice from you of your time and of your emotional effort and everything else um, to get as learned on the subject matter as you were able to get. But, you know, it, it helped you out tremendously in the long run, right? Yes. And I also, because I, it was so effective and just recently had a huge victory um, with, with dealing with um, looking at one-on-ones, for some reason that is like, because that costs so much money for the district. Now, what's a, what's a one-on-one for the audience? One-on-one, well, uh, that's just basically, they have an aid. It's a transitional um, support aid. Mm -hmm. And with a transitional support aid, they provide 100% um, aid to your child. They, they, it's not anybody else's child, it's to aid into, so that they can have the full benefits the full benefits of their educational experience. That's that's what's appropriate. Now, I want to say this. When you go into an IP and you're asking about AIDS and you're saying why is why you want to quantify, why do I need them? For one, it needs to be actually legitimate. Mm -hmm. I, I One thing I really tell my parents and when I'm advocating with parents or teaching parents about this is you want to know, make sure that's appropriate to what your child's needs are. Okay. If they are not benefiting from the education experience, meaning they, in order to access the curriculum, they're going to need someone there that helps them um, with their goals, helps them with their, so that they can be in a least restrictive environment, mm -hmm. that they can be in a regular environment, not with a, a, in a day class. These are things that help them along. And the goal is, is so it's very intensive intervention. And the goal is, is so that you don't need to have an aid X, Y, and Z on down the line. Um, when they're getting high school and that type of thing. You want to make sure they have intensive intervention at a young age so that they don't need that um, when they get older. Okay. So that's the whole purpose. But again, the one thing I constantly tell the parents is make sure it's an appropriate. Never go into an IP using best, better, the you know, amazing. Those words are, are a surefire way 
of getting shut down. Legally, the legal thing that they have to do, the minimum thing the district offer of FAPE is what's an appropriate placement, what's appropriate. Offer of fate. There's another one of those buzzwords. Every time you use a buzzword, I'm gonna set oh, off a God, little. I, every time. <laughs> I really should. I was like, well, you know what? It's just, it's basically the district's offer to um, to your child and for their educational purposes is basically saying these are the things that we can offer that can benefit um, your child's educational experience how they can help themselves be in a least restrictive environment and how we can, um, what are the minimum services they can get offered, whether it's OT, which is occupational therapy, whether it's speech, whether it's um, assistant technology, uh, whether it's whatever um, behavioral services, which is a huge thing, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one aid, a temporary uh, support aid, um, those are things that they can offer your child. How it, it relates to effective advocacy. And I say all this is, all these things that I'm saying, your typical African-American parent, the black parents that I, and even I've run across to, maybe you have too, they don't know this. Right. And that's what hurts. They don't know. And basically, whoever the representative or whoever your special educational coordinator is can come up and say, hey, my son, your son needs X, Y and Z. I think that they need a change of placement. That's a really big buzzword. Change like I, of placement. A change of placement. Okay. I really, I really, yes, I really can't <laughs> take that. When they sit up there and say, yes, I think a change of placement may be well for you. Also, safety transfers. Safety transfers are another things that they use and they say for your child's safety. No, it's not just for your child. It's because they don't want you in your school. They don't they don't want to pay the money. They don't want to have the resources. They don't really you're messing up the big the big the big picture. So if you know your rights and you can actually effectively help your your child and you can get the services and you're working with your child at home, because let's say this with our black parents, you can't sit up there and decide, hey, the school system, they're going to babysit, they're going to train, they're going to do it. And right, when I, right. my kid comes home, they're not going to do nothing but watch TV or I'm not right. going to actually apply any of this so they can raise hell at school. No, yeah, parents not. play a huge role. Oh, in parents the, pay the a huge role. The biggest role, I would say, right? The biggest Your role home because, is where it starts. Yeah, because a lot of parents do that. They they will use school as like a, a glorified babysitting service, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they got to get up, they got to go to work. The school picks their kid up on the school bus or what have you, or the kids, you know, in some cases they even take public transportation um, to get to school. And then they come pick their kid up, you know, after they get off of work. You know, the kid after school, they're in an after school program until, you know, five or six o'clock or whatever. Then mom or dad comes and picks the kid up and they go home, yada, yada, yada. So they've had, you know, eight to 10 hours of being in school while the parents been at work and there's literally very there's no time investment in the well-being of your child so a lot of times you know you'll see these parents they they don't understand what's happening um they get ambushed you'll get to school and let's say you have a child mm -hmm. that has um, a specific learning disability mm -hmm. they act out they're in the principal's office mm -hmm. and they get the you know they get them to sign a paper right mm -hmm. because that's usually how it works they get them to sign a confession, sort of like how detectives do when you're in an interrogation room. Absolutely. And then they notify the parent after they've um, gotten the <laughs> the confession from the child, 
right? So we see that a lot, and that's why we say it's important for school for to prison pipeline. That's the school. That's another thing about the school to prison pipeline. We'll get into that later. But um, it's extremely important for parents to get involved and know what's going on with their child, what the what they're doing in these schools, what administrators are doing, and it and, and how it affects special education. But so, sorry, oh, oh. well, the the thing I was going to say how that how that works is knowing your rights, knowing your yeah. your process, knowing for one, I always tell your your this, the parent, please know what identify the process, identify what is what your child needs or identify getting the diagnosis. Now, if you suspect autism, you can go through regional centers. You can go to, there's state testing that can test your child for um, autistic uh, spectrum disorder mm -hmm. or um, ADHD. You can go to your local doctor. I highly recommend those avenues. I do not, and I absolutely do not like psychologists and psychiatric um, clinical psychiatrists. I stay away from them for right. diagnosis. Unless it's an, a specialty system, um, there are centers that specialize in um, your child's disability that you can want to get tested. Half the time, those are have huge waiting lists. So state is free mm -hmm. and they do multiple testing. You go through like a home test and you go through home interviews, you go through state interviews. It's like a three part test. Um, but psychiatrics, I stay away from them. And uh, I yeah. stay for I stay away from psychologists, psychi psychiatrics, because half the time they don't specialize in your child's uh, um, disability. Right. And one of the parents that I was advocating with, because I do other advocacy and maybe attend other IEPs about, um, you know, for other children besides my own. But they have said, one of the psychiatrists said to a parent, because I just, I said, well, how about we go visit the psychiatrist that's providing all this medication? That's another thing, over medicating. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. They had this poor baby on five cocktails. Oh, wow. Five cocktails of different medications. And I'm not saying I'm against medication because I've used it myself, but there's there's a way to use things um, responsibly for mm -hmm. your child, and it's very minimized. Right. Um, but I asked the psychiatrist, I said, well, well, well where is the defecation in, you know, or Respiradol or certain... Um, side effects that not only cause aggression but may cause growth of the breast or may cause mm -hmm. in your in your boy or may cause different um behaviors because that could be other things that are affecting why they're acting out in school right he says well first of all i don't deal with those types of people and those kids i'm just saying the benefit outweigh the the side effects i'm like what you don't deal with those type of people yes <laughs> but you know the benefits outweigh the side effects and they're just and he got wow. so honestly and i was very respectful i just was asking him a question he was so pissed at me you find that out a he lot people was, don't like being asked questions that's oh, no. when they really start to bring okay. the swords out right but <laughs> that's where i get the label at <laughs> like the troublemaker oh my right? gosh you're asking too many questions why right. are you at? because that's the key I, and i constantly say the parents, why didn't you ask any questions? Did you mm. ask? No, they just told me. And I know that such and such wouldn't lie to me. You know how they hard would lie it, their asses it right took off. me about a good <laughs> year to get this parent to get away from the psychologist and right. get them to an appropriate person, a doctor that was actually, and end up describing correct medication um, down to one from five and um, he, where he's not wearing diapers anymore. He's 13, you know, we started, he was 11 How years old. How old was he when he was wearing diapers? He was 11. Wow. 
and he wasn't uh he was almost a self-mute but we talk about communication you mm -hmm. have to get the kids to start communicating um the less communication that the child has the less they can advocate for themselves or express uh, uh, your feelings so if you mm -hmm. have a child that doesn't con that cannot communicate their frustration or can't communicate effectively communicate why they don't understand a, a a math problem or if there's something in school academically um then it's going to be that's where the behaviors are so again mm -hmm. identifying where the origins are and and a lot of times with our black students whether it be a boy or girl mostly with boys they don't want to put that investment you'll see that mm -hmm. or they'll say oh it's not that or it's much you don't need that you don't this is what you really need mm -hmm. um the path of least resistance for them, the easiest thing for them to do. A lot it's of it's really shameful. Like yeah. I, I can tell you how many times that I've sat there and I'm looking where they'll get so mad at you. I had them like slam the door in my face. <laughs> like literally <laughs> she told me, well, you know what? Just go to district and slam the door in my face. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. And you, they'll tell you that because they're, well, they're very arrogant because oh, very. that's how they've done things for years, you know? Um, and so they... One of the things that, you know, these places will do and that school districts will do is they'll play a game of chicken with you. You know, oh, they'll absolutely. say, okay, we know that you're a, you know, in a, in a lower class family, a lower middle class, poor family, working class family. We know that in all likelihood, number one, you're not going to be able, you don't know the rules and the regulations. And even if you do, you can't afford an attorney. So we'll drag this thing all the way out. And we dare you to, to try and get an attorney and pay, you know, and, uh, and take it all the way to the mat with us. Nine times out of ten, that's a successful strategy for them. It, you know? it works pretty much. Not, well, you, as as I saw from the superintendent, it told me this something similar, like what, you're going to go and file with the state. So what all they're going to do is slap us with a warning and tell us to do training yeah and um they'd like, rather spend hundreds and yes. thousands of dollars on legal fees than actually implement the services that are due to your children now mind you i was interesting because i was uh, my dentist our dentist uh, my dentist here is uh, armenian mm -hmm. and their kids go to private school that's a whole nother section when you're talking right. about private school <laughs> oh my gosh you think public school is bad i i that's why i say private school public school if you have a child with special education is probably the best your best route because you have more you actually have more um, protections and more and you actually have more of a case to go through due process if they're out of compliance versus a private school or charter school but private and charter schools are in IDA they are protected but there are very limited um, things that uh, for protection I would say this um, our, she was um, the dentist and she's Armenian she was actually it was funny she was going through something similar to some of the things that I hear some of black parents are going to and not you know they have a child that they you know suspect is on the spectrum but the psychologists and the, they're all in league with each other of course um, they're right. all in league with each other unfortunately uh, because they want to keep their job right um, so they say to the so she's like yes you know uh, we go to the IEP and they tell us they don't need the service but I know that they're not speaking well or they're not you know these are just classic you can just there's classic things that you can tell that oh well maybe they need some evaluation or testing they don't even want to do the testing right. for those services mm -hmm. um and they have money especially in the um huge um community that we have uh yeah they have money to do that but Again, there, there's so much trust in the school system and yeah. the educational system. You think everybody has your child's best interest at heart? 
they come off that they do. And yeah. and every single time I walk in there, I'm listening to a parent first. They'll tell me what's going on, look at their IP. And the minute you walk, oh, no, the principal really is for me. And and the, the educational, uh, they're really for me. But then you start questioning about your IP. They turn so nasty so quick. Oh, yeah, the whole disguise comes, that sheep disguise comes off and you see that wolf. Oh, it's scary. Revealed. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to different uh, IEPs where I've had to go toe to toe with a school psychologist on behalf of a of a parent that I knew. And they really well. take advantage of parents who English may not be their first language. Exactly. Things like that. English yeah. language learners mm-hmm. are very much so. Or white. One of the parents I had, she was a white parent, but mm-hmm. she, you know, she wasn't. She wasn't in the higher. She wasn't an affluent white parent, but. Right. But she was a white parent. They were given because of her child and because of the spectrum and some of the things that you can go. Special education period. They're going to go through certain things that it doesn't matter what they are or not. But it takes a little longer for them to get kicked out of the school because right. her little her her little uh, son wasn't kicked out immediately of the school because of X, Y, and Z behavior because she was white, mm-hmm. which I think she understood that. But it was very interesting and in how they they navigate. They're actually more willing to they were actually more willing to concede on some of the services, which I thought was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, they were like, so you managed to get these services just with mediation when there are some parents that have to literally go to bat to legal almost up to due process just to get services so it was it's very interesting the dynamics but it doesn't matter what race you are mm-hmm. whether you know or ethnic background they they the main thing is they don't is not wanting to deal with that right right that's the scary thing and that's why i say when well, this is something i constantly say is what is opting out of state testing oh okay well, now why is that uh advantageous for parents or what have you well, you read it earlier. Mm-hmm. Why do you Why do you um, opt out of steps? I started stopped. Um, I started opting out of state testing and district benchmark testing when my kids were in elementary school. And it was about a long conversation I had with some of the district representatives that go over it and talk about the origins on on the CASP or how they they do for English language for. Um, for ELA, for math, for science, how they grade your child, but they also need it for funding purposes. Mm-hmm. So I had this long conversation with the district representative about it, and she admit they admitted it. They said, "Well, overall, yes, it is about funding. It's about you know if you're they want to track and measure what are the underserved group, and it's all about it's all connected to how much money they get state and federal. Mm. So." They historically they love to say black kids are just historically under underachieving. Like the achievement gap, the achievement gap. They're <laughs> nice below. They're liberal below slug, even Yeah, that liberal slogan yeah. there. Yeah. And but it goes with spe- and in special education, which is even worse, they're rated below African Americans, which is like mm-hmm. low. And they're like they're like, oh yeah, special education, you're even stupider. Like you're yeah, like And then you go into special education and a lot of them are black kids, right? So And, and they are which is yeah. it's like that five percent and you're talking about english language we even rate lower the special education even rates lower than english language learner i i have to do my thing also is looking at data yeah. data 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 just of of the overall district level the state level that type of thing and when you look at it when i started looking at data is because i want to look at my effective advocacy i said wow they are really making money off my kid and guess what they do too 
Not only do I, why I opt out of testing, when your IEP comes up, it doesn't matter what state you're in, they always use state testing against your child. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm. When they do your IEP or your psychoeducational report from the school psychologist, they'll sit up there and say they always bring up state testing because it's different. I don't want to I don't want to give a exactly state, different testings are different in whatever state you are. But it's basic state testing and district benchmark testing mm -hmm. are used against your child. Right. And when you use them against um, their use and I say that they're used against your child because they can they'll say, well, based off of these testing your child doesn't test well they don't need to be in a least restrictive environment that's another thing that's just another way if they can't get you on social emotionally disturbed and your child's not having behavior problems they'll talk about um academic performances which is very interesting because they'll also you they'll say when you can use those same arguments about low testing etc and it works to your benefit, then mm. it's, oh, his testing is fine. It's great. He's not having any problems. His English is great. Their math is great. You know, all of a sudden, everything is fine. Yes. Right? And so when it, when it, when it, but when it favors them to do for it to be fine, when it doesn't favor them, then they want to get them out of the least restrictive environment and put them in those special education day classes and whatnot. You know, but the thing is, is that it can, there's two ways. So they can use the state testing to say they, that they want to remove your child or from, they think they will benefit them from, they call it mainstreaming. I don't ever fall for that. Like, no, my kid is going to stay right with everyone else. And you're going to provide the support system that you're supposed to legally provide for them. Right. Um, the other part of it is because I have the gamut of both. Mm -hmm. So then you have a child who is a savant. They're extremely smart, mm -hmm. like extremely smart. When you have a child that tests, I've had being that this has happened, have a child in the whole district when they're in elementary score, the second highest in the whole entire district. Mm -hmm. They're black and they're special education. And you have everybody in the district talking about your child. Of course, they, they decide your child doesn't need any services. Your child doesn't need it. <laughs> they get 100% on all the tests. They are performing X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, autism works different ways. Just because you are you have um, certain parts there that are very savant-like of type of um, smarts. I'm not saying all of it. But again... That doesn't mean that they don't have a disability. They're still autistic. They're right. still they still have things where they'll freak out if something's not right or cry for X amount of time. You know, at the time when this happened, your child is freaking out for like an hour or two because something happened. It's about a manifestation of their, their disability. Again, smarts has nothing to do with it. Right. They still can't talk. You still need maybe speech. You still may need OT. You still may need these services to help your child benefit. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to battle it out and saying, no, that's not the case. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter about that. So again, you can have a child that's really smart and then you can have a child that is, I'm not even say they're smart because all the kids are smart and they're, they have their way of learning. And that's what I, that's what teachers don't understand too. Right. Teachers don't understand that certain cookie cutter ways of teaching your child is always not going to work. If you're an auditory process or you have an auditory process deficient and you're more tactile or you're more visual, that means that they need to see more visual um, aspects of learning. They need to see more. They need to do more tactiles to help them grow. So those are the strategies you need. Right. 
So if you don't have those strategies and you're not implementing those types of strategies to fit and cater you, because your IEP is organic, it's going to constantly change as your child grows older and change. Right. And then there are going to be new things. If you're autistic, abstract thinking is going to be harder. When you're a younger age, think about it in, in elementary, there's a lot of black and white. There's a lot of facts. They're, they're basically learning repetitiously. So a child that's really smart can learn. Facts, facts are going to come really quickly with them. But a child, once they get in more common core, they get into more abstract thinking, um, reading between the lines, expressive writing, those things are going to be more hard for them because they don't see things in the way and social cues and interpersonal communication. So they're going that's where they're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So that's where you need to bring up. That's some things that I've had to bring up. Even though X, Y, and Z is very smart, these are the things that we have to look for. And these are the things that we have to have interventions and have goals set for. Because I, from when I walk into an IEP, I control that IEP. There you go. <laughs> I control it. I control what get, who talks. I control who's in attendance. Boss lady. I control who's in there. I control the flow of it. I also require all reports given to me a week in advance to, to not only look at all the reports evaluation, but I meet with the, the specialist and we talk about if I don't like something that's in the report, they need to remove it. Mm. They need to adjust it. If there are words like aggression, um, I, I have them remove those types of things because mm-hmm. it may not be applicable to your child. A lot of the times, and this is something I want to say to all parents that they look at, um, there are specialists that are paid by the district a lot of times to be a um, professional I, a meeting uh, attendant, attenders. So they'll they'll hire a specialist, maybe with a BCBA or with a, 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 some kind of a credential to say, hey, we're going to just pay you just a 10 IEPs. They may never have worked with your child. They don't know anything about your child, but they will be there to present your their evaluation. Wow. I have had that happen even recently. I've had to kick district people out of my meetings because if legally everyone who's a part of your IEP team has to have some kind of experience with working with your child, have uh, whether it's if it's just service or if it's day to day an aide or if they're the coordinators, then those are the people that make the IEP t- decision. Your principal should not be a part of they it can be an administration um, administrator, an admin, which I call them my note taker because that's as good as you're going to get. Wow. Because I, that's kind of how I, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there on. So by the time we reach the IEP, I've already reviewed all the evaluations. I've reviewed the goals and I've actually added goals. So let's, let's hold on right there for a second. So you mean to tell me as a parent, when you walk into um, these IEP meetings, there can be people there that you have not oh, yeah. had any forewarning <laughs> about. You walk yes. in thinking you're meeting with one group of people and then there's a couple of strangers adding oh, it to the mix. Yes. Yes. So you as a parent advocate have a right to ask those people to remove themselves to remove themselves legally, because legally under the when when um, you get a form, you're going to get a form, uh, a notification form saying this is a notification of an IEP. You have to sign it and they'll give you the date and the time. If you are not listed on there, whoever's listed on that IEP, say if you want a specific person to attend that IEP, you need to have them listed as one of the people that can attend. If they're not on that IEP, 
they need to be removed. Gotcha. And so that works likewise it, with it, the it, district. It, yeah. So that's the well. only thing that it does work okay. both ways. So if the district says, say I brought a legal representative, mm -hmm. but I didn't put them on that um, form, mm -hmm. that notification form, the district going to say, no, we're cutting this IEP out because you didn't um, give us that 24 hour notice. I'm glad you, that's a very important point for our parents that um, maybe are going through this or know someone that's going through that. You, you have to give proper notification. It works mm -hmm. both ways because believe me, they will use it against you just like you have the right to use it against them. Yeah, you have a right to record the meeting, um, but you have to legally in writing give a 24-hour notice to the district because the district will also be recording as well. Right. If it's video recording, you can do the same thing. These are all things that are, are beneficial to you. I, I have never recorded mine because I just think that in the notes, um, you can record all what you want to say in the notes. And if you have any description, you know, saying, hey, I don't like what's in the notes. I don't I don't agree to I said X, Y and Z. So be very careful. Another thing is don't all I, I can tell you this for the first five, 10 years, mm, no, six years, I never signed my IEPs right after the meeting. Mm. Um, now I do. Now it's like the last few times I have only because I, it's gotten down to a science where I pretty much know the whole IEP prior even to getting to the, to the actual IEP where it's just all pretty much formality and getting everything documented because you got to confirm, reconfirm and document. Right. And they will get you on the documentation if you don't properly, you know, address certain things and they'll, they'll, um, when they're in there taking notes, they can, uh, mischaracterize something like you pointed out earlier, using certain buzzwords words, like aggression and these types of things. Oh, and refusing. refusing. The parent refused this and this. And I'm like, I never refused. What I did was bring a concern. Right. So we need to change that language. And mm -hmm. so that's what I would say. The language is not appropriate to what was said or the, or to say you're, to hit like if they said your son hit such your the eight or hit this i'm like well well can you show it to me and i had to do that and it's just basically moving her, the person's hand out of the way mm. so they they i said so basically you're saying they moved or swatched your hand away or pushed your hand away from them mm -hmm. because they don't want you touching them and that's a thing with autistic children they don't like to, um, be, touched. to be touched in some a cases a lot of them don't Okay. Not all of them. Some of them are different, right. but a lot of times they don't like. And these are people who should know better. In they some don't cases, because they're right? not trained. Half wow. of them are not trained, and they're not certificated in that. And under IDEA law, it's really funny because IDEA law. I'm probably just totally butchering it, so please forgive me. <laughs> because I'm like. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so we'll but notes together. But again, it gives protection for 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 children with um, certain disability and it talks about you know certain things where your rights and understanding those rights and in lauding like it's very very if you have a chance i studied that thing from right to left for five hours or more actually for two weeks in the library just going through every single one and also understanding what how that pertains to your child but you treated it like a college course it's a, it's about, a contract right? yeah. it's a it's a business it's a contract and this is something I'm no, very, i mean like when you were studying oh absolutely i went to school like as if you went we're going school i'm a parent right let's just put this again i am a parent that it that knows my that just decided that if i'm gonna be an effective advocate i'm my i'm my parent i'm my son i'm my daughters i'm my children's advocate i'm their lawyer there you i'm go. the first line of defense mm -hmm. and that's where we need to talk about things like that so again going back to if there's something in a report that they say oh he 
hit. So then I said, no, he didn't hit. He removed your hand away from his pay. He didn't want you touching his hand. He didn't want you touching his hand to touch his paper. So let's say removed or swat or what, but hitting is a very aggressive manner. And it's actually a buzzword for, again, socially emotionally disturbed and mm. that goes back to them trying to make a case make a case right. so again i'm very strong when you have certain things and how they can dialogue each other testing mm -hmm. um behaviors buzzwords those are all things how they can affect um your child and, and your effective activist and, and knowledge so knowledge engagement being there making sure you know who can be there or not and then making sure that they don't come to you, never sign anything, first of all, for the for after, uh, really, unless you, until you really become knowledgeable, don't sign anything, bring it to your attorney, you can bring it to an advocate to read through it. Half of those advocates are shams too, so you gotta really be careful of that. Those I'm advocates, that's a huge racket. It's a, a huge lot of times racket. they're right in league with the, uh, the <laughs> district representative. I've seen that actually, one yeah. of the, <laughs> I actually <laughs> see that on one of those meetings, it was so funny, I was like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be in it, the, the parents hired this lady to be an independent evaluator for um, their psychologist and she wanted a job with the district so she ended up working against the parent wow. it was it was horrifying where I had to go after this psychologist on on what she put in that that report and she's an I I'm like individual what a um, fucking disgrace. It, it is it is Man, I was like, wow, you guys are all kind of wackadoodle. I always yeah, say wackadoodle. They, but. they do that, though. That is a big part of, you know, they use people's um, individual needs and things like that. If you need a job, your income level is not great. You know, they can use that. Hey, you know, there might be a di an opening in our district for somebody like you. You just go <laughs> It's quite shameful. Come on over to the dark side, you know. Come to the yeah, because it's like you feel like you honestly feel like as a doctor. I can tell you after each one of these, I am so drained because one thing is I don't never believe not one thing. The district is there to not tell me the truth, and it was, you want to know what's right. hilarious? They don't even know the law. I was oh telling a God. I was telling a well, that's not that's actually not surprising. If they don't, I was I one of the things that I um, it was an, a a report. And they were like, well, you know, it was to get an aid. I, I you know, wanted trying to work for a one-on-one aid for my son. How long have you been trying to? Because I hear the one-on-one -on -one aids. Oh, um, yeah, because that's like the most money. Um, because I hear it's very difficult to uh, attain a one-on-one -on -one aid. Yes, it is extremely difficult half the time. Um, sometimes it depends on the district uh, um, where you are. But for for a black parent to get it, yeah, because they feel probably might not be it may be wasted on your child, and they just rather put your child in a special in a different class or a different uh, uh, change of placement, um, and that's never going to happen, as far as I'm concerned, when right. it, dealing with my children. So. When I'm looking, one of the things they said was, um, again, had a report requested an FBA, uh, functional behavior analysis. That's something FYI all parents want to do when they're looking at behavioral services. Um, also um, with an A, because you have to request an FBA. Um, looking at that, both of them supported and the school psychologist supported um, the findings that an aide would benefit his educational experience his, for his academics purposes, not for behavioral, but for academics and for his goal, uh, which we all agreed, which meeting with the specialist and that type of thing. That was the the, the linking, the missing link, um, as per se, in 
in intervention, in intensive intervention. Okay. And that's called, that's what it's called. It's in, when you have an aid, it's intensive intervention, but it's not meant to be a permanent intervention. Okay. Okay. So it is temporary. Um, so be effective. So when I did that, um, it wasn't, it was actually less than a year old. It was probably only at the time when we did it, I had uh, walked into the meeting. They brought in, of course, somebody who wasn't supposed to be there in the meeting, <laughs> the school administrator. And she was in there to deal with me because they all heard about me from the district. And they're like, yeah, we got to have somebody take her down, which I know that that's pretty much what it was because I'm not a fool. Like, OK, so I'm sitting here listening. This person has never she didn't even know what my child looked like. She never met them, never looked at them, oh my but they had a plan. We have a plan to make your child successful. And we want to make sure that they are just getting the best that they can get. And I'm telling you, I'm like, well, do, do you even know what they look like? Do you know their name? Could they answer? No. I said, well, this is the report. This is black and white. You can give me your opinion all you want, but this is documentation. And and the, the, the response of the administrator was, well, that's just one person's opinion. And then they proceeded to say, let's shake a show of hands to see if is such and such need, if your child needs a, an aid and it was so degrading and dehumanizing and ridiculous and i know for a fact because i'm a black parent this person was a new they were white they were new to the school they never met you know my child but it was i know and i that they probably wouldn't have done this in any other type of setting and mm. i felt like wow you have lost your mind wow and that's the first meeting i ever walked out of ever i never walked out of a meeting i was like this is ridiculous we're not going to have this thank you very much i will um i will file due process and moving from there you're saying the digital oh well we need a new report well under ida um again either you have this done within the next 30 days or we file due process you have violated my rights and the child's rights if uh, under idea reports are good for two years a parent can't even request an updated of that evaluation until the report is a year old. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now you use IDEA. That's another. <laughs> Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Okay. And then that's under a federal. Okay. But if you bring it down to local is where you hear the word IEP is individual. Um, Educational so, plan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, individual right. educational plan. A program okay program not planned sorry so yeah that's uh again in a nutshell you have to know under idea idea mm -hmm. that reports are good for two years and under for a parent to actually say oh i want an updated version because things have changed since then you have you can't do anything until the to the report until the report or the evaluation is at least a year old a parent can request uh, a new updated version um, if it's a year old. So that was one thing that I said, I'm like, is if, if the program, if my evaluation isn't even a year old, is not valid. Again, I have a due process case. Mm. And again, and in the end, I was able to get the aid and, and it worked out. Wow. Oh, no, because you knew that they were in potential violation of your. They were. And the they said, IDA. the psychologist said, oh, I didn't know that. The, psych <laughs> the psychologist told me. And then I said, I said the same thing to the to the person who's my school coordinator. They said, oh, I didn't know that. So both the school psychologist and the special education coordinator who's, you know, who has your case um, 
They both didn't know. Sounds like they just kind of have a script that they stick to. And, and they do. They rarely go off script. And then when they're challenged to do that, they don't know how to act. Well, because the way the system is, is called SACE. And don't ask me what that acronym is at, at the time, because my head is like full of all <laughs> kind of things. But SACE is a is what is a just a like a, a form. It's a it's a program that they use that basically it populates everything in there for them they it gives you goals it gives you anything that you might think that might pertain you just take that cookie they what they do is scroll down they take that what they go okay that looks like that matches was what it's like a puzzle so you say okay that matches so we're gonna copy and click and we're gonna put that there that's mm. gonna pertain so that's what they do you're, you're the that's what i called out the behavior specialist on i was like well all you did was just cut and paste you don't have any clue about my my child so this is pretty much invalid. So it's a cookie cutter approach. It's cut and paste, and we'll because go it's for already it. it's already generated. Everything is pre-generated. It's wow. everything's already. You're the, pretty much the IP is done before you even. So what their goal, their thing is, once it's generated, all they do is change X, Y, and Z to change the name, change the race and ethnicity, change like your basic things. But everything is already done. The wording, everything is pretty much done. Even the goals are. Or all you have to do is kind of type in what it is that around what they're looking for, and wow. then it gets generated. That is, yeah. So I did not know that. Yeah, wow. so it's pretty much done. So it, they, first of all, I was because I I actually sit there and I look at it and I'm like, no, let's go back, let's um actually type in. Um, and then she was like, well, that's not an option. That there's has to be specific options that you click down, click, 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 click. That if it fits your kid, and then you have to actually manually <sighs> oh go. Oh in God. there and manually add it in there in writing so we were there for a good two hours just manually eating a lot of things because we had to customize it so again when you're looking at those reports half the time they're already pre-populated and all they have to do is give that extra that 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 you know changed here and there change some wordings to make it sound pretty good that fits your child and there you go and there's your IV. wow okay I mean, that's we have a lot of information in there. Um, I know there's a ton of other things <laughs> that we could get into, but I feel like that's a pretty good place to uh, cut out this portion of the. Uh, <laughs> wow, I'm just stunned that um, they have such a cookie cutter approach to um, special education and putting together programs for the children. That's amazing to me. But anyway, um, do you have any advice or anything that you want to add um, for parents who are, you know, maybe having a child that's having some issues, they don't know what's going on, and um, they want to get their child, you know, protected and um, find out what's going on? Any last words of advice, anything you can offer them real quickly? My main thing is educate be educate yourself on the process educate yourself on your child's disability get them tested first a lot of the stuff is free you can get your child evaluated for free in the state in usually any regional center um any state testing that um program and um ucla or like some of the the huge um colleges have specialized in certain disabilities or especially with autism or um specific learning disabilities you can get it done for free as long as you have especially if you're economically advantaged disadvantaged that's all you have to do there's like certain paperwork that you can do um 
if it's medical or you know whatever program you have to qualify for um, uh, economic status or you can bring your taxes um, or proof of income that type of thing but it's all for, it'll be free for free and it's for life mm-hmm. and um, get your get your child tested um, know your rights know what's appropriate for their child but you have to also be willing to do the work that's key you have to be willing point. to do the work at home to actually because they will get better and there are certain things that will I mean the, the the fight doesn't end but you have to know how to effectively advocate how to know the buzzwords because they will run circles like I, I didn't realize a lot of the buzzwords that I was using but again sounds like jargon to it, the uninitiated it, it does yeah. sound like it but it's know it because you don't want to not know and then they they try to sound pretty fancy when they're really talking about nothing and again like i said (laughs) all that stuff is generated in their things well they can just pull that up and they probably don't even know what they're talking about half the time wow all that education because a lot of these people have graduate postgraduate degree all that kind of stuff and you get in there and you if as a parent you can run circles around those people you can't be intimidated. You just have yes. to put in the work and learn. Well, just have to come with cool and calm and collective. Request your stuff ahead of time. Make sure that you review them and have an effective advocate. That's not going to pull the wool over your eye, apparently. But um, again, having parent groups being a part of your community advisories or special education, there's SELPAs, there's all types of uh, things that you can join to help you get more educated. There's actually classes the state will send you on for free orientations that give you all these things. That's actually how I started. Okay. I started um, learning. That was my journey of learning, and and it's free. They right. send you to these orientations that night. You're going to be really tired, but it's worth going through each one of those um, weeks of of training for yourself. Cool. All right. Well, that about does it. And um, thank you again for uh, joining us and and uh, really going over this very important topic. And hopefully, um, the listening audience learn something valuable for from it and uh, we'll go forward from there so next time we're going to continue this series and we're going to go to part two and discuss the school to prison pipeline so until then stay tuned and uh we'll see you later peace peace